the best time to start marketing a book, by the way, is the moment you decide to write it. Mm. Not when you have it in your hand and ready to go. The moment you decide to write it, because as you start sharing that with your audience, your, your audience is going to hold you accountable to finish it. They're going to see you as an authority, and then you'll demonstrate that by sharing great content that educates, encourages, inspires, maybe even entertains them as you build up to the, hey, now here's how you can help me pass. It's amazing. Welcome to The Author's Leverage, the podcast where we explore the journeys that await you beyond your book. I'm your host, Parshel Tashi, and in each episode, we connect with best-selling authors, publishing experts, and industry pros to unveil the pathways that enable you to leverage and amplify your book for extraordinary impact and income. Whether you're a seasoned author or just embarking on your authorpreneur adventure, prepare to be inspired. Today, we're joined by a guest who's going to share some invaluable insights with us. But before I introduce them, I want to invite you to download your copy of our ebook and its companion digital workbook. It's called Five Ways to Get More Bang for Your Book. It's a comprehensive guide to supercharge your author journey, and you can find it below this episode, along with where you can connect with us on social media, subscribe, and rate the podcast. Now, let's dive into today's episode and take a sneak peek into the future of your success as an author. I'm so excited for this conversation that he's here with me today. You guys, I'm talking to the OG of hybrid publishing. I just want to put that out there. This is the, the original, one of the first well-known recognized hybrid publishers we have on the call today. So I'm super excited. Let me go and introduce you to David Hancock. Again, he's the most recognized hybrid publisher, according to Publishers Weekly. Uh, is a new, he is a Wall Street Journal, USA Today bestselling author and the founder of Morgan James Publishing. NASDAQ cites David as one of the most prestigious business leaders and is reported to be the future of publishing. And as the founder of Morgan James Publishing, he was selected for Fast Company Magazine's Fast 50 for his leadership, creative thinking, significant accomplishments, and significant impact on the industry over the last 20 years. David has authored 19 books, including Guerrilla Marketing for Writers, which is a, uh, is a free freebie if you uh, stay with us today. Um, and uh, the performance-driven giving, to name a few. David, welcome to The Author's Leverage. So excited that you're here. Oh, it's such a privilege. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope to add a lot of value to your audience because you can be truly successful without wasting time or money by just thinking like a gorilla. Ooh, this is exciting. Well, let's just get started. What are you most grateful for today? I love uh, starting with that question. Oh, my gosh. And it really, right now, in fact, you and I talked about that just before the show, is for some reason, my office is in, well, not for some reason, but my office is in Southeastern Virginia. And for some reason, the weather has been amazing. We've had like the longest spring ever, and I'm very grateful for it. Can't wait to get back out there. So I guess I'm, I'm happy and thankful and grateful for the, the weather that I can enjoy today. How that? <laughs> I love that. I love it. Now, I mean, your, your story is such a good story. And I feel like it could be a whole movie in and of itself of how you've, you know, evolved into the space between you know, starting out as a, as a banker, I, I remember that about you and you were asked to teach like how you were being successful and kind of led you down this path of getting introduced to Jay Levinson, who wrote Guerrilla Marketing, who became not only a, a mentor and, and a coach, but like a really good friend. But he yeah. advised you to write a book uh, in that he, relationship with him. And you yeah. and so much happened from that. So I would love for you to share just uh, a little bit about that journey. And, and one interesting question I had was like, looking back, if you were in that same position now, right, in 2023, what would you be doing differently than what you did then when you 
publish that book or decided to write that book? Oh my gosh, good question. So, you know, it was, it was, it was amazing. You know, I was a college dropout, barely past high school. I was too busy chasing soccer balls and my now wife of 34 years. So I guess that's okay. But I stumbled across a great career. Never, ever imagined doing anything different. I became a mortgage banker. But I slowly realized as I continued to do well, but I slowly realized that I was competing with a thousand people, literally here locally in my Hampton Roads community of Virginia. I was competing with a thousand people all offering the exact same product and service. So I really had to bring my A game to the table. And we spent $100,000 a month in sales and marketing, you know, advertising, things like that. But I knew that's not where my business was coming from. But I didn't necessarily know why I was a success or how I could duplicate it. So as you alluded to, I was doing so well. My bosses were like, hey, hire more people like you and do what you do. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm <laughs> But it wasn't until I just, I went down this path of, of discovery, looking for you know, sales and marketing, whether it was industry specific or not. I was looking for you know, ways and books and seminars and courses to teach me what I didn't know or hone the skills that I had. And I mean, I met the greatest of the greats, you know, Tom Hopkins, Zig Ziglar, Bill Backrack, Todd Duncan, you name them. I met them. I bought their courses. I went to the seminars and I implemented because as you know, implementation is key. You can learn all the best stuff but unless you do something with it. It's useless. But it wasn't until I discovered a book called Guerrilla Marketing that ended up changing my life. And I was looking for this stuff. So me not finding it was, was, was interesting, but you know, I came to work one day and somebody had put a copy on my desk. And I think it was in its second edition. And I realized I was a gorilla and didn't know it. And really what a gorilla is, if you don't know the background, gorilla marketing is all about doing unconventional things to gain conventional goals, leveraging your time, your energy, your imagination, your relationships, and serving others and, and helping others realize their goals instead of just spending a, a lot of money on marketing and advertising to get there. And I realized that that's, what, that's who I was mm. and ended up hiring Jay as a coach. And he just helped me hone that skill, which was very duplicatable. And uh, I tell you what, when he compelled me to write my first book as one of my most impactful guerrilla marketing weapons in my arsenal to market myself and my product to the, to the public, it was laughable how it changed everything. Oh my God. He literally <laughs> said, oh, I'm sorry. But yeah, he literally said, David, if you want to charge more and negotiate less, I mean, who doesn't want to charge more and negotiate less, right? He said, you got to keep doing what you're doing because it's working, but you got to add one more thing. And he said the same thing about clients. There are certain clients that I wish I could get business from. And he said, if you want them to start begging to get on your calendar, begging to give you, you know, time to, to sell to them, whatever you're selling, he says, you got to keep doing what you're doing because you're, you're, you're leaving a legacy. You're having an impact. You're creating a name for yourself, but you need to add one more thing. And certainly, as you can probably guess by now, that one more thing was he compelled me to write a book. And I was like crushed and excited and laughed all in the same emotion at the same time. I was like, who am I to write a book? Remember, I dropped out of college and like, you got to be kidding. And. Like, seriously, this is really a good opportunity. <laughs> Indeed. Wow. Wow. And, and on the, on the tail end of that, I remember like you, your, your income did double, like those things that he said became, literally. you know, they actually happened. Yeah, literally. I mean, within eight months, I literally doubled my income. And basically what I did is I just charged more and negotiated less. Like nobody negotiated with me anymore. Did exactly what Jay said could happen. And sure enough, as I got out there and got vocal about me being the right person, saying the right thing at the right time, and I could help somebody realize their goals, people were coming out of the woodwork. And even media was calling me on a regular basis to talk about what's going on in your industry, because I was the only local knucklehead who, who wrote a book on it. It was really fun. And, and to your question about what would I do different today, you know, even though some of our processes are different than what was when I wrote my first book 30 years ago, 
I would do it all over again the exact same way. You know, step out in front of the world, let them know that I am an authority in this space and nothing gives you more authority than the power of a book itself. But don't just jump right in and start trying to sell to an audience. You lean into the fact that you're the authority. You bring your audience down this path with you. They start to recognize the value that you're bringing so that when you're finally ready to say, hey, I'm an author, here's how you can support me. They're willing, they're eager, they've been waiting for it and tell their friends. Excellent. Excellent. I mean, it, and you're, you're so right. I mean, that, that authority is, it kind of becomes that, that piece that, you know, a magnet that turns on, um, yeah. that allows you to, like you said, bring people down this path of transformation that you once went down, right? Like yeah. it's, the, it's a beautiful process. The best time to start marketing a book, by the way, is the moment you decide to write it, mm. not when you have it in your hand and ready to go, the moment you decide to write it, because as you start sharing that with your audience, your, your audience is going to hold you accountable to finish it. They're going to see you as an authority. And then you'll demonstrate that by sharing great content that educates, encourages, inspires, maybe even entertains them as you build up to the, hey, now here's how you can help me pass. It's amazing. Now, it's never too late to start. So I say the best time to start is the moment you decide to write it or today, <laughs> whichever comes first. But you've got to lean into it for sure. Absolutely. And, and for you, what are some of the fears and the the, you know, the, the stuff that you had to push through, right? Because it's, it, it is a lot of work. And I know that there's, you know, a lot of energy that goes into it and all of that. And typically, as you go about that, right, those conversations in your head can stop you or what have you, or just curious, what are the fears? What did, what did you have to overcome to, to make that first leap? The exact same thing that everybody's thinking in their head right now. <laughs> we all go through it. <laughs> so in the early days, it was fear of, am I really? that person, am I really an authority in the space? Well, certainly as you're studying and writing, you, you become the authority because you spend all day thinking about it and, and studying it and, and honing the craft. But then even like on my, my most recent book, I released a book in, in May of last year. And I was like, the week came out, I panicked thinking, oh my gosh, you know, chapter two should be chapter 12. You know, it's just, it's just that, that you just, you, you have to overcome it. You have to just push through it. And the biggest way to push through it is to know that it's coming. <laughs> There's going to be some fear. There's going to be some terror. There's going to be some aspect or, and this happens to every, I didn't say, I don't mean, or, I mean, and or, if somebody that you love and trust will come to you and try to poo-poo on your parade by saying, okay, you know, David, you've been talking about this guerrilla marketing thing for everyone. Time to stop, you know, or maybe you should say something different because you know, I'm tired of hearing it. I bet your audience is tired of hearing it. The reality is they're not. <laughs> and if you can push past those early naysayers, love them because they're meaning well, they're just trying to protect you. But know that when that happens, all those cliches that you may have heard in the past, acres of diamonds and three feet from gold, all those things, they're real. If you can push past some of those first naysayers, even if it's self-doubt, that's when the real magic starts to happen. That's when the audience is just now starting to pay attention to you. So you just keep pressing forward. But we all have those fears. We all have those barriers, those walls that pop up. It never happens as quickly as you want. I've never, sidebar, as a publisher, I've never talked to an author that was happy with their book sales in their first month. Whether they sold 90,000 copies or 90. <laughs> well, wow. more. Like, just <laughs> keep going. Just keep pressing. Focus on the relationship and focus on serving others, and the rest of it will come together. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, and your experience in this space is so well faceted. I mean, you've approached it from so many different directions from being an author, right, to going down these different, and, and as an author, having spent time in these different pockets from traditional self. And then hybrid. So I find yeah. that it's so interesting, you know, just in your experience that you've played in each of those and have been able to see all of them. And, you know, I'm curious for you, what, what are some of the, 
you know, the biggest differences I would say for you that you felt and realized as an author going through um, each of those different paths? Oh yeah, my gosh. So yeah, as the first hybrid published to market, I had the privilege of kind of outlining what I thought a real publishing relationship could work well with an entrepreneurially minded author where the book is just part of something bigger. But, you know, I was blessed with three books traditionally published and I thoroughly enjoyed the credibility, the distribution, the opportunity that it presented me. You know, I certainly made some good, decent money with uh, some early, you know, early advance, but then I had to sell through. But uh, that was the good part. The bad part was I, I ended up not having any relationship with a publisher. I was restricted on doing things with the content because I sold them the right. So I had to get permission to do things. I, I, I quickly burned through the number of, of, of copies of the books I could buy at an affordable rate. You know, so there were some cons to that kind of thing. And then after my three book deal, you know, I'm a best-selling author. What do I need a publisher for? I went and self-published, which was absolutely wonderful as well. You know, I, they were completely mine. I was involved in all the decisions. You know, the final content was mine, you know, and they looked great. And I was proud of them, but there were some challenges on the self-publishing side too. I, I couldn't get them to bookstores, even though my other books were still on the shelves. The bookstores just wouldn't carry self-published books. I couldn't get media to talk to me about them because they required a publisher to vet who they talked to because they didn't have time to vet every single person they, they, you know, they interviewed. And I couldn't sell the books faster than the termites were eating them. So that wasn't good. And I looked at both models and realized there was some tremendous value here on the, on the traditional side. And there's tremendous value here on the self-publishing side. What if there's a way to put those together and kind of flush out the things that weren't so great? The lack of relationship, the lack of support, the, 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 the lack of credibility, the lack of distribution to see if hopefully one day, you know, we could create something that, that, that had that. And you just stepped out in faith <laughs> and had to earn the rest. But I knew there was a way to support that entrepreneurially minded author with ownership, involvement, help, and then success. Exactly. I mean, that, and they coined you as the unconventional traditional publisher. Love that. Love that. Because unconventional is a big, you know, gorilla word. But, yeah, gorilla, yeah. Man, I love that. Yeah, Publishers Weekly called us that in 2020. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, I'm keeping that one. <laughs> now, I'm curious because you, you've, you know, also as in, in publishing have seen a number of bestseller campaigns and overseen that and I think it was 29 times in print in the Wall Street Journal, over 100 times on US Today, USA Today, and anyway, LA, yeah. London, yeah. like all these. And so I know that that is a big, I guess you could say, marker of success that authors attribute to have. So I would love for you to share a little bit insight on why that is important, as well as in your, in your take, what does it take? What does it mean to yeah. be successful as an author? Well, I tell you what, most of us authors earn more income and opportunity because we wrote the books. Even though I'm a Wall Street Journal bestselling author, USA Today bestselling author, I still make more income and opportunity because I am that author of those books. So one key thing to lean into is expect to make money from your books, but expect to make more money and more opportunity and reach a larger audience because you're the authority in the space. So just keep that in mind. So for me, yeah, I think hitting a bestseller list is, is pretty, well, I'll back it up for you. So most people want to write a book, right? <laughs> but what is it like 86% of the population wants to write a book, but few start. And the few that start, few finish. It's a, it's a task. That's why I say tell us when you, when you want to start marketing a book is when you decide to write it because your audience will help you finish it because <laughs> you know, yeah. you'll quit otherwise. And then the few that finish, even fewer get picked up by, you know, a publisher. And even if you go to like HarperCollins and study the, their imprints and their business model, they'll even tell you themselves that less than 2% of their books 
Harper's books will actually ever show up in a bookstore. So having all of these things happen down this path with you is why there's so much credibility, why there's so much impact and why there's such a psychological benefit of an author of a book that the people just recognize in you. And then that third party validation of a publisher saying, yes, this, this person is the right person saying the right thing at the right time. That's huge. And then having the public validate it by hitting a bestseller list. And you got a great memory, by the way. I love you. So yeah, we've been on the New York Times list 29 times, over a hundred times on the USA Today and the Wall Street Journal list. And so that's really the public saying, yes, we find the book in the stores. We recognize them as an authority and we are engaged with that author and we're proven to the world they're the right person. Now then as authors, we take that and then leverage that for the rest of our lives in communication and creating more opportunity to engage with our readers, to help them solve, you know, the the goals or the reasons why you wrote the book. Very, very significant. But all those things are just psychological ticks that make them recognize who you are and they want to be a part of your life and they'll want more from you. So it's a perfect, perfect opportunity. It really is. I mean, one of the, I think one of the most impressive stories I know of that you have worked with was Brenda Bouchard oh my and, gosh, yes. and his, and his campaign. And I mean, he, did he get like a, a big, big offer with another press or something? I can't recall, but I would love for you to share because oh that's yes. an impressive story. So I'm curious about what surprised you, you know, in that, in that experience of working with him and, you know, what strategy do you think that he and other authors are kind of going down or, or see as like a really strong strategic path towards more lucrative, you know, opportunities and ventures? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, nothing surprised me with Brendan's campaign. Our first four New York Times bestseller hits surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> Not here. But, but, but Brendan, yeah, he had a machine. Now, not unlike what we all could build, but he had an engaged audience that he was regularly communicating with. He was already playing in the role of being the authority to help people recognize that millionaire mindset. And it could literally be what they're playing for fun with, you know, right now. So the book, The Millionaire Messenger was, was just a, the right book at the right time for him, mm-hmm. not necessarily the audience. It, of course, it ended up being the right thing for the audience, but he made it relevant. To and he did so by marketing the book early. He created some very, very special joint ventures with recognized brands that kind of supported, which are hard to get. But if you don't ask, you don't get. And one said yes to him. And then he did something that, you know, now seems to be, you know, 15 years old or 13 years old, but it still works. Is he got a limited supply from us as a publisher. He gave them away on his website. He drove traffic to the website and say, hey, get a copy of my book for free while my publishers let me. And then in that process, he captured their name, their email address, he even upsold them on a short little video that explained what the book was going to do for them while they were waiting for the book to show up in the mail. People mm-hmm. gobbled that. I think 30% of the people said, yes, I'll buy that right now while I'm waiting for the book. And then he just put all those people into a, you know, autoresponder email series of just coaching them on the content of the book and then ultimately leading them to the invite to a live conference in California. And it was just a perfect machine. And he just kept driving traffic to it and it worked. It really works. It was very intentional, very purpose-driven. In fact, he followed Jeff Walker's product launch formula, which we ended up publishing the book launch from Jeff Walker a few years later, but he followed the exact path. This is what you do. You offer the book for free. You offer them a one-time upsell. You capture their name, their email address. You nurture that relationship and give them above and beyond value while they're waiting for the book and then really lean into that relationship. And they will want that and they will help you reach your goals and their goals will be met too. Wow. 
Wow. And he I mean, had num- number one New York Times. Of yeah. Of course. <laughs> and, and there is, and, and the key thing that I'm hearing you say there is that, you know, he has an engine. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of pieces that go into all of that, but your own version for your own audience, for your own thing is totally doable with the technology that's available today. Yeah. And we all start with one person on the email list, you know, probably a family member. <laughs> And you grow exactly. up from there. You have to, and we all start from the same point. <laughs> exactly. Now, what advice do you have for authors that are looking to, you know, monetize their books and do it effectively? I mean, of course, yeah. with Authors Leverage and the work that we do is is going, you know, when folks are thinking that direction is like, okay, what can I do to leverage this, do more with it? In fact, just yesterday I was watching, it was a, a Netflix series based on a book. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is like, basically this book is being demonstrated in like an eight part series yeah. with a lot, you know, so I, I love that kind of stuff. But anyway, you know, just when you think about monetization based off just a book, right? Yeah. What, what are some of the things that come to mind that you would say are great directions, things to think about? Another reason why I love you so much, because you think this, because this is imperative. So what it is could vary. I have some suggestions, but the idea is, is that you, is that you need to always be thinking two products ahead. You know, the book is a relationship starter and you should lean into that relationship with your reader because that's where the real value is for both of you. They're going to accomplish their goals and you're going to have an opportunity to accomplish your goals, but give them what they want. They want more of you today more than ever. You know, the king of content is still there. Everybody's still looking for content, but this queen of connection is sitting right next to the king now and they're eagerly wanting that personal relationship with you, real or perceived. So think two products ahead. Now that other product could be a course. It could be a mastermind group. It could be another book. It could be a a journal or a study guide, or it could be a live event. Always be thinking of two things ahead and be listening to your audience because your audience will tell you what they want. In fact, I've got a mentor of mine, dear friend of mine, who says, if I hear the same question more than twice, I'm building a product around it. And that's how he amassed his wild income. Same thing with Jay Levinson. Jay Levinson got a $35,000 advance for guerrilla marketing and he made $10 million because of it because he kept creating what his audience kept asking for. <laughs> so you've got to do the same thing. Think two products ahead because they're going to want it and listen to exactly what they want so you can kind of custom create things as well. Wow, wow. And I just, just dumped a lot, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but that's those are the things to be thinking about. I mean, are there any, you know, I started to think about the sort of untapped opportunities, right, that are available to authors today. Yeah. You've, you've mentioned quite a few, but is there anything else that you feel like is just untapped, right? You Absolutely. Know? So there's one author that I really, really love that, that I've been doing and coaching authors to do. So back at the exact same time that Brendan was on the New York Times, this author was on the New York Times as well. And he was doing a little bit different. What he was doing is he created, his book was 12, chap- 12 chapters. So he created a 14 um, video series to go along with this book. Basically 14 one minute videos that just the first one was, hey, this is why I wrote the book. This is why I think you should care. This is what I think you should do with it. And then the next one was chapter one. This is why I wrote chapter one. This is why I think it's important. This is what I think you should do with it. And yeah, well, then he did the same little short video for chapter two, chapter three, chapter four. And he sold that series for $197 alongside the book itself. And he encouraged people to read it in groups of 12, like mastermind group or small groups or something okay. like that. His his book was faith-based. It was called Francis Chan with his book, Crazy Love. But he really had that mindset of connecting with that author and encouraging conversation around the content, which could be any genre at this point, you know, but he very specifically said, hey, I'll walk you through each chapter and engage with you and teach you what you need to do and help you go, you know, implement my content. 
So I've been coaching that to authors ever since. And the ones that really do it, do it really well. In fact, a lot of times that ends up becoming that first little upsell that some of the authors yeah. are doing, you know, with that free plus shipping thing, because people are hungry for that connection with you. But we want to be led down and held accountable to finish the product. So we all bought books that we haven't started, right? <laughs> We've all bought books we haven't finished. So having the author walk you through consuming the book and engaging with the solutions, that's real value. And not everybody thinks that. In fact, unfortunately, post-COVID, you don't have to go into a studio. You can just sit right in front of your Zoom camera like I'm doing. You could use your iPhone. People are a lot more lenient on the quality of content. Now, it still needs to be good, but you don't have to be studio-driven to have that information be available and people will pay for it and people will use it and create that relationship with you. Exactly, exactly. And you're right. It can be done fancy, fancy. It can be done, you know, just with a little bit of help if you want to have a little polish or you can do it, you know, even on your iPhone, even that can still look good and set up real nice. You know, I that's think right. the key is just making sure that you have that connection that's in place. Yeah. And, and over but, time, especially like you said, after COVID, we found that you know, a number of authors definitely wanted to still produce this content. So that's when we started doing more remote <laughs> our authors. And so that's been a huge savings and a way to just, you know, have that experience for your readers. Absolutely. So, so this, I'm, I'm so, I could talk to you like all day <laughs> about this. Sign me up. this is, you know, these are the things that I, I think about, you know, again, especially just seeing what, you know, opportunities are available for authors today when it, when it comes to just your book, right? You're, depending on what you wrote on, you know, there's still opportunity to talk about it and you wrote oh, yeah. on it. So that's how I see it. It's just create, creating content is just huge. I think around how, you know, authors can continue to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And just being consistent, you know, consistently messaging the world through or consistently engaging the world through social media or in-person social connections. You just got to be consistent and you got to Keep it relevant. It's as relevant for as long as you make it relevant. In fact, confession, my first book to hit the Wall Street Journal list was five years old. It was, there are reasons why it took so long. Of course, there's always, you know, life gets in the way, but it was as relevant as I made it. And I made sure the audience realized that it was timeless, made sure the audience realized that it was still important to me and made sure the audience knew why they needed it. <laughs> A little bit of patience. By the way, never pray for patience because God will give you reasons to be patient, <laughs> but just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That, that, that's always good advice for sure. Right. Uh, uh, one of the one of the last things I was going to ask you about is collaborations. Yeah. You know, today that that world and how we collaborate today is is very different and it's unique. It's just so it's like I just love how you can curate an experience. You know, based on you know experts being in the room and you know inviting the people there who are interested in it. For example, I mean, there's just so many you know ways that we're all collaborating together as well. And I yeah. know that you talk a bit about that, you know, kind of creating these win-win partnerships in your book, Performance Driven Giving. And, yeah. you know, I know that we're, you're, we're, we're going to give a link today to Guerrilla uh, Marketing for Writers. So I highly recommend you guys checking that out. But this other book, Performance Driven Giving, that's one of the things you talked about that in that section as well, about the win-win partnerships that are available for authors today. So we'd love for you to just oh, hear absolutely. a bit more about that as well. Oh, absolutely. In fact, it, it happens to be a great gorilla principle is to understand that we don't have any competition. We only have opportunities for collaboration. And as well as being an author feels like a solo entrepreneurial event, but it doesn't have to be. You can be very successful as an author by bringing some people around you to support your, your message, to engage with, or even the fact of a co-author. 
you know, collaborating with a co-author who might be perceived to be a competition in your field, but really only enhances your conversation and you theirs. Wow. So being of that mindset, understanding that you're not alone, that you can be very successful, with a little bit of help from a lot of your friends, as well as that the audience needs what you have, but maybe even needs what they have, and then creating that opportunity for everybody in your space to thrive because of working together. So I think it's just a great principle. So in performance-driven giving, it's not about necessarily giving money. It could also be time. It could be talent. It could be opportunity. It all works together. So think about it that way. So you're not just honed in by yourself, that you're there, you're where you're at because of a lot of people. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'd be happy to give that book away for free too. I, in fact, that one has an audio verse that I'd love to give your audience to if they wanted it. <laughs> I mean, how can I talk about giving and, and, and the power of unleashing generosity in your life to grow your business without demonstrating generosity, right? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, go so, ahead. Where can, where can they get a hold of those? So my first gift, which I had got permission to give you, <laughs> was or is Guerrilla Marketing for Writers. So just go to gmarketingforwriters.com. That's gmarketingforwriters.com. I do that because nobody can spell gorilla, right? Not even me. So I, I try. So that's <laughs> gmarketingforwriters.com and you can download the ebook for free. Performance Driven Giving, which is the Wall Street Journal series, best-selling series, is performancedrivengift.com. That's a super secret. Both of those are super secret websites that you can download the ebook. But in Performance Driven Gift, I give above and give you the audio book as well. So I'd love you to lean into it. Hopefully you'll appreciate the content and um, use it. And let me know how I could help. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would love to just go ahead and wrap up the conversation then. Oh, look, there are the books if you're watching on video. <laughs> I love it. As we wrap up the conversation, I just want to acknowledge your, you know, your dedication and just what you've accomplished in this industry and how you're helping, you know, the message get out there, but do it in a way that is, I, I don't know how to say, it, but just done right. <laughs> uh, awesome. When you got into the publishing space, you know, even though you could have stayed in your your job, you know, you had a you have a very good job as a banker, you know, you you chose this this space and and it opened up a lot. You know, and it's it's done a lot. So I just want to acknowledge that and, you know, say thanks for all your, all your, you know, path forming <laughs> for, for a number of people in this space, because, you know, it's, it's done right. You know what I mean? And it's done in yeah. a way that honors the author and really uh, supports them. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So yeah. any last parting words of advice that you want to share? Stick with it. Uh, most of us, like I said earlier, most of us, most of us authors earn more income and opportunity because we wrote the book. Uh, but all of us successful authors didn't quit as soon as it got a little bit stressful or th thinking that you're a failure. Just keep pressing forward. Be consistent. One of the biggest things that build trust in marketing is consistency. Consistency with your message. Consistency in your communication. How often, when, be you know that person that you definitely know you can be because you're the only one that can do it. I think you can do it. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you again, David, for, for being here. This was That's my privilege. I appreciate you having me. All right. That concludes another episode of The Author's Leverage. And I trust you're leaving today's conversation inspired and equipped to see your book as a source for so many possibilities. Before we part ways, I want to remind you to download your copy of the ebook and its digital companion workbook, Five Ways to Get More Bang for Your Book. Again, it's a roadmap that's going to be useful to help you unlock the full potential of your book. Find it on our website, connect with us on social media, subscribe to the podcast and share it along with a fellow author. 
Until next time, remember that your words have the power to change lives. So keep innovating, keep leveraging, and keep making an extraordinary impact. We'll see you next time.